press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Have you noticed that I'm not using my vocal fry today? I have noticed, and only Drama Plus listeners would also have noticed because they heard you discuss it on the most recent bonus episode, which everyone can find. <laughs> Patreon.com backslash the drama podcast where Connor and I have, you know, at least twice a month bonus episodes where we have conversations just like these twin talks, but they get even and even deeper, a little bit more relaxed, even. Very train of thought. Mm-hmm. Where Connor talked about his vocal fry journey. And that's all I want to say about it because I don't want to We don't need to repeat. It, what yeah. is it? Sell the sell the horse before the cart? Or the cart before the horse? The cart before the horse. God, yeah. I can hear it. I can hear it coming out of me. But anyway, Dylan, how are you? Are you well? It's a it's a morning recording, which we never do these unless we're recording with somebody with a major like time difference, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time we recorded this early. I mean, yeah, maybe it was Carrie Ellis. Well, the gag is we're not recording with anyone else. It's just us today. <laughs> it's just so. us. We're we're do, we're making good on doing monthly twin talks because the people seem to love them, and we love doing it too because it's easy. So way easier. But Dylan, I don't get as much, nearly as much feedback as I do on episodes with us and a guest as I do on people who are like, oh my God, I listened to the twin talk. I just love that. I just love that. I just love that. And it's not even just like the friends and fam discount crowd. It's the listeners, you know, it's really fun. It's really fun. I was going to say, is it more friends and family because they have an open line of communication with you? and talk to you more often. And so then they mm-hmm. would be more apt to say something. But thinking about it, I agree. People will literally message me and say, on the latest <laughs> Twin Talk, I heard you mention this. And I also yeah. wanted to say, I also felt this way. And so that's really fun. So we appreciate you always engaging. This is, um, yeah, it's been a year or so of us doing these duo episodes. And we appreciate the love that everyone gives to them. And it's pleasantly surprising that they're just as popular as our regular conversation style episodes. I do need to follow up on a topic we discussed in the Twin Talk. Last summer, I was like, oh, I use coffee made creamer in my coffee. I was back on that train for like five months. I'm done with it. It was making me feel sick. And I want to say I'm sorry to the listeners that I offended with that because a lot of people thought it was absolutely disgusting that I was using coffee mate. It was um, coffee mate creamer though, right? Creamer, not coffee. Right, which yeah. are those like loose grounds you can buy in a container or, or is that like a Folgers you don't know you're right yeah there's, there's just a like that dry brand. there's like that dry not ew, to put her on blast but our mother used it growing up so <laughs> Dylan what's going on in the world of theater news I feel like we just on our Patreon discussed I went to go see a ton of theater in the first week since I was yeah, back in yeah, the yeah you city. saw Danny in the Deep Blue Sea which is closed now I saw Gavin Creel's Walk On Through, which is closed now. Closed now. And I saw Prayer for the French Republic. So you can hear me tell you all about, all about my experiences on the mm-hmm. recent Patreon. And I realized I don't have any other theater on the books until you come to town. Good. We're saving it all up. Oh, actually, I do. I do have something before you come because I took advantage of Broadway week last week. <laughs> random of me, random of me, random of me to buy a ticket to something in advance. But me and 
our dear friend Logan are seeing Ariana Maddox in Chicago. Right. We decided to take advantage of the two for one Broadway Week special, which it might still be running now. I know off Broadway Week starts at the end of the month for later in Feb, which I might have to do to see Little Shop with Jaron Chris and Evan Rachel Wood. Yeah. I randomly feel compelled to go, but I can't wait to see Ariana in Chicago. It's her first week of shows. Okay, so you think you assume she'll be on unless. She gets COVID or something like Leah Michelle did. Oh, yeah, remember that Leah? Leah did like mm-hmm. three shows and then had COVID the rest of the weekend or yeah. four shows. But well, I think it's smart of you to take advantage of it for Chicago because it's difficult to see that show. You would think one of the longest running shows on Broadway would be all over the discount sites like TDF and stuff, but it's not getting them at, at this price and where you're sitting too. I mean, I think we paid more to sit in the last row of the mezzanine to see when it came back. We paid like. $10 more, I think, to sit in the last row of the balcony. I mean, we are sitting the front row of the Mez for $80 each. That's, That's a steal. Amazing. That's for amazing. Chicago, you'll never find that at TKTS. I, I mean, I'm sure yeah. Chicago goes to the TKTS booth. But anyway, I just got to say, y'all, there is affordable hacks to getting theater tickets. I know I've mentioned this before. Sometimes it is as easy as just going up to the box office an hour before the show and saying, hey, what's your cheapest rush ticket? You know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I promise you it'll work. I'm going to try that because I need the need to see Slay Pfeiffer in Town before she leaves. Yeah. If any of you are ever wondering about this kind of stuff, ask us. Message us on drama and, and ask what you think because we do live and breathe ticket tactics when, we, when we're constantly trying to see. And we try and see as many things as we can throughout the season, you know, just to continue to deliver the drama and have a working knowledge of it all because we love it, obviously. So ask us too, because we might have a good tip or trick or know the way. And so I'm excited for you to see Chicago. I know that you and Logan both stan Ariana. I love her as well. You know what I noticed? She's doing a like Ariana Maddox live show at the town hall the night before. Oh. Because Chicago has Wednesdays dark. Okay. And she did one of those in December, I remember. She did. And I was like, wait, is she going to be all right? Her entire first week of being on Broadway, she's doing a live show. I don't know if it's for a podcast or what this thing is that she's bringing around, but... Yeah, does she have like, a podcast? I don't think she does. Okay. I don't think she does. No. Yeah, that makes one of us. <laughs> Literally everybody else does. I was walking through a subway station the other day and I saw like another, like Josh Peck from Drake and Josh has a podcast now too, but everyone has them because it gives entertainers an opportunity to entertain and make some money without being booked even though technically you are booked if you're but sometimes they need to let laying dogs rest and the (laughs) thing that has been annoying me for months has been these recap podcasts which some people do it right and they got it on the ground floor a show like glee for example from i've listened to clips from jenna and kevin's podcast and glee is something that was a cultural phenomenon There were so many questions, mysteries, lies, backstage drama, tragedy, things like that. We want to hear the scoop. We do. Behind the scenes. Dylan, in the most random way, I think, did I DM you some of the TikToks that they put out? Mm -mm. Because I haven't heard their podcast, but they're on season three of Glee. So they're they're making their way. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they do one a week, but it's so juicy. They're really honest about everything. I mean, it's really honest. I saw a clip about how they were like kind of saying there was a big double standard for like what projects cast members were allowed to pursue outside of the show and how when Darren Chris was cast in How to Succeed in Business, which you and I saw in 2012, which 
that would have been during season three, actually. Okay, yeah, you're right. So this that's probably why I just saw this clip and that, that he was given all this off time to go do it. And I think he only did it for like four weeks because I remember it was a really small window of time. <sighs> and you had to be a very special cast member if you were allowed to get off time in the middle of the season. I think he was a very special cast member, though, because oh, he sang everything. He sang oh. in every episode. From the second he did that teenage dream with the acapella, Tally Leung was in it. Mm-hmm. And you're right. They gave him everything. Yeah. He had a solo number every episode. It was it was giving Rachel Berry. Yeah, he was like the male Rachel. As I was watching their TikTok, <laughs> random of me, first of all, I was thinking about how it's, it is a little bit weird to me that most of the Glee cast is not booked. It's weird. Say more. It's, well, like other than Leah, who, you know, has done a handful of projects since Glee. And I can't really think of things that the other cast has done. I mean, Jenna did Waitress for a little bit, but like- We saw her. her. Yeah, we did. Other than a few guest starring roles though, for all of them were like a couple credits, like really just like Leah and Darren have really taken off. You know, Heather Morris did Dancing with the Stars, but I can't think of anything else she's really done. Mm-hmm. You know, Diana Agron- Has she done some films? Has done some indie films. some films and stuff. And she was obviously our Gutenberg producer. So (laughs) we trust that you know that she's booked on in some ways. She has. But like... Dream guest, by the way. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Actually, while I was watching their TikToks, I was looking to see which cast members had done it. And I don't think it was all inclusive of everyone they've had on. But Diana hadn't done it yet. I was going to say, though, that like Kevin McHale, Jenna Ushkowitz, Amber Riley, also who won Dancing with the Stars and did West End. And won in Olivia, yeah. Dream Girls, but they're not starring in stuff. I know Harry Shum Jr. has done series regulars on a couple shows, but they're like- And he was in Crazy Rich Asians. That's right. And I think he was supposed to be the star of the sequel. Yeah. I mean, Chris Colfer went the more writer route. That's true. He's a really successful children's book author. Yeah. Court Overstreet did that movie with Lindsay Lohan. You know what? I feel like I have to backtrack here because- No, no. I think what you mean is like, they're not leading network or primetime shows- you know, I'm, I'm listing one credit each. Like, yeah, being booked means someone who's constantly booked. And I'm sure they're doing other things. Like Darren is. Like Darren is. Yeah, true. I'm sure they're doing other things. Like, there has to be stuff. And I think a show like Glee does warrant the tell-all book, which their podcast is definitely not. They're, they're certainly still keeping it professional to an extent. But it's really honest how Jenna will be like, I was promised a storyline for my character. It just never happened. I was promised this song during this kind of episode, it just never happened. She was talking about how they filmed the Glee concert as a film. Remember that? It was a concert film, yeah. 3- 3D. Oh, yeah. Her solo number, Dog Days Are Over, that she did in the live tour, got cut from the final film. And she had a feeling, actually really interesting, I'll have to send you the TikTok, Dylan. She had a feeling when it happened because this had kind of been happening to her where she filmed her moment but it didn't get as much coverage or they didn't spend as much time on it. And she felt like, I think they're going to cut it. I think they're going to cut it. Sure enough, they did cut it and they didn't even tell her. And then they were watching the premiere and it wasn't in it. How sad is that? I feel like Jenna is a really talented, beautiful, well-spoken, fantastic performer. And it does make me sad that she was sort of just shuffled around on that show for six seasons. Oh yeah. Even the fact that they kept her longer in the high school storylines than they probably should have. And I agree. Yeah, I love her. I, I like Kevin McHale a lot too. And I do too. I love that he's openly gay and like is an advocate and whatnot. That's also interesting to hear him talk about his Glee experiences when he, 
I, I haven't heard enough of the show to know if he was out to some people or not, but to talk about like his gay yeah, behind yeah. the scenes stuff. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you, but no, that's interesting. I'm looking at a Glee cast photo right now. Like obviously like Matt Morrison has done a lot since then. And there's been breakout stars like Alex Newell mm-hmm. and uh, Melissa Benoist. But it's funny, like the people that they have on here is like main <laughs> cast members of Glee and whatnot, like Adam Lambert. <laughs> oh my God. And Jane Lynch obviously stayed booked and busy, but absolutely. Jayma Mays is a national treasure. Yeah. And of course, Becca Tobin is, is one, of, one of the most popular podcasts, I think. Sister, sister podcaster, yeah. Becca Tobin. I would love her <laughs> on the pod. Would yeah, love I think her. she's so cool and amazing. I definitely need to listen. I've been, I, I, I've been seeing clips. <laughs> friend of the show, friend of the drama, I should say, not the show. Tyler Joseph Ellis has been posting about these, I don't know if they're monthly or every other month, these Glee drag concerts that have been happening at $3 mm-hmm. Bill in Brooklyn. And they honestly look so iconic. They do look so fun. You see a drag queen do it and you're like, oh, wait, that is somehow still in my brain, the outfit that she was wearing. Uh-huh. I, just, I couldn't have told you that, but I see it and I'm like, that was it. You know, yeah, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha did that. Oh, that say. was her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so love that. Drag queens. They were all at the Emmys last night. RuPaul's Drag Race season 15 cast took home the Emmy for best reality competition series. And I have to say, they all looked phenomenal, but Sasha Colby took my breath away. She's amazing. I think she should have been allowed to give the acceptance speech. She is the reason season 15 was so good. Do you think? I don't know. I'm just joking. But <laughs> Rue's speech, speech was good. The show has won five times. Rue is the Black person with the most Emmys in history. Wow. And has won host, I think, eight times. Rue was winning host before the show was winning best series. Okay. And Rue always has funny things. You know, there was that iconic, I'd rather have an enema than an Emmy. And then <laughs> when they finally won, the, the whole production team sent a bunch of enemas to Rue. Oh, that's right. Very fun. It, it's one of those things where Rue absolutely deserves to win. You watch that show and you forget how amazing and how challenging it is to have that presence, be that, have that respect, be an amazing judge, and guide the audience through this experience. Rue does that. I mean, I can only think mm-hmm. of a couple other hosts that I think really do make a show what it is. And yeah. Rue's one of them and totally deserves, totally deserves. Definitely. I think it'll be interesting to see when the show stops winning awards. Something, a cultural juggernaut will have to replace it. Granted, this category has only been around since the early 2000s. So, huh. you know, yeah. and it's sort of been, the lion's share of it has sort of gone towards Survivor. I think- Maybe The Voice won it a few times. So it'll be interesting to see what type of a reality show comes in and dominates the conversation. But I, for the sake of Drag Race, I hope that it, I love seeing them on the Emmys. I love seeing, you know, although last night was pretty, a pretty gay Emmys. It was. The whole Glad segment was cool where they showed clips and of all these different iconic moments in television of different gay and queer characters. And I was like, literally like kind of giggling out loud. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, MJ Rodriguez. Oh my God. Yeah. Hunter Schaefer, you know, just as people were popping up, but what did you think of the awards? Oh my God, it was such a well-produced show. It was seamless. The hosting was corny in the ways it was supposed to be. The way they paid tribute to television gave me the chills so much of the time. Mm-hmm. You can really tell that they love TV. And it made me feel kind of like warm inside that we all experience TV together, specifically the shows that they did feature. It obviously harkens back to a time when everyone watched what was on TV because there was only however many channels, you know? And it just felt so comforting to see these sets and these actors together again. 
obviously my favorite was seeing the Greys cast together. Uh-huh. It was almost the entire original season one series regulars. We were just missing Sandra O, oh, T.R. Knight, and Patrick Dempsey, which, oh my God, I would, if it was all of them, I would have been sobbing. They had the most, except for It's Always Sunny of cast members. Some shows only have like two people, so. That was tough and sad, mm-hmm. I know, for whatever reason. I would have loved more people from The Sopranos. I know, what the heck, they only had two? Well, that was such a big cast, it, though. It was, it was. And I'm sure they reached out to everyone, but there had to be like conflicts and stuff. And I doubt they were paid. Lorraine Rocco, she needs to work on her vocal cords a little bit because it sounds like she hasn't spoken in a I while. <laughs> I know. <laughs> or maybe she was verklempt. I feel like she deserved to maybe have won an Emmy for one of those seasons. Oh yeah, she was amazing. They were the heart of the show, those early seasons. We would not love Tony or understand Tony, I should say, if not for his long sessions with Dr. Melfi. She was wonderful. I just mm-hmm. love her. Her voice and was comforting. Sopranos is one of those shows where almost all of the series regulars were nominated and won for Emmys oh, at that's different cool. times. That's why I I was thinking about the awards from last night and how, you know, we had the bear sweeping, we had succession sweeping, we had beef sweeping. And I love when a show that certainly deserves those kind of an Emmy in in my eyes, and I suppose in the voters' eyes, deserves to win an award. It's just less fun as a viewer when a show sweeps. Like, remember the Shit's Creek year when it was like all the comedy acting, the show, everything. Obviously, they they deserved it. It was at the end of a long run. The show was a cultural phenomenon during COVID. It really built. It was the COVID Emmys, yeah. It was. I love when an award show as a viewer is a little more surprising and fun. Like you look back on Will and Grace and it's like, okay, they ran for, I think, eight seasons and then they came back for three or maybe four. I think it was three. And, you know, during the original run, all four of the main cast won at least one Emmy, but it was never during the same season. And it's so fun fun to think like, yeah, they all won for their work over the course of all these years. But as a viewer throughout, you know, you're like, oh, maybe they'll get it next year. I'm so glad Mm -hmm. they, you know. Or like Modern Family did that for a few years. and. Game of Thrones always had a, a big slew of nominations, although it didn't really win other than... In acting? Um, you mean? In acting. Yeah. Other than the gentleman who appeared last night. Yeah, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> the gentleman who appeared last night, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> His name escaped my brain for a second. It was nice that they honored television, even if they weren't Emmy winners. Like Ellen Pompeo never got nominated for a Grey's Anatomy Emmy. But damn, did she make that show what it is with just being Meredith? Mm-hmm. And now she's producing on it. Dropping in for special guest stars, you know, stuff like that. So, what but did you Catherine think? Heigl appearing was a gag because she famously left the show under not so wonderful terms. And <laughs> she was nominated for an Emmy and then said she didn't believe that she should have gotten nominated. And she like sent it back in the mail, basically. Yeah, she declined her nomination or at least said, don't vote for me. I forget exactly now. It felt like the biggest deal in the world when it happened. Like, what? Like, what on earth? You know, it's very Julie Andrews, but I mean, her, her thing was different. Her situation was different because she didn't blame the writers, which is what Catherine Heigl did. Interesting. Yeah. Was that the season when Izzy was 15 year old spoiler alert for Grey's Anatomy (laughs) when Izzy had a tumor, brain cancer, and was hallucinating her dead husband? Yeah, I believe so. That was good material. It was interesting looking back. It was feeling better by the workplace. Yeah, it was tough. I think that too. But anyways... The other thing I was going to say is my dose of... Actually, I'll save it for my dose of drama. Okay. Anyway, wait. What did you think of the Emmys? I know you and I were talking back and forth. We were like, okay, so the succession has won everything. That's going to clear the field now for other shows to win. I do think like Sarah Snook deserved, you know, Matthew McFadgen. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And Kieran Culkin. 
Yeah, Karen. I mean, he was so great. He looked so cute last night. Yeah, he's adorable. He's he looked like he was having fun. It was it was a fun show. It was really well done. But those TV reunions were the best thing, in my opinion. It made me think like, oh, I wonder what shows if they were to do that, you know, in the future. And you know, I it's I know it's on the tip of our tongues, but a Glee one would be iconic one day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What if mm-hmm. they did that on Broadway? What what show, what original cast would you love to see reunited at the Tonys? Oh. Ooh, 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 that's tough. I mean, of course, my my brain immediately goes to Spring Awakening. Oh, um, iconic cast, even um, though they just did. <laughs> literally, Light in the Piazza would be really cool, just because Kelly and Victoria are are very much still part of the Matthew. conversation. <laughs> yeah, Matthew Morrison. I would obviously love to see like the producers. Not as many chorus line cast members as possible. Oh, that would be beautiful. They should try to get the original Wicked cast together for this year's Tonys because it could be like, okay, we celebrated twenty years this year. Movies coming out at the end of the year, the cast that truly, I mean, we featured many of them on our show, but the cast that truly, you know, made Broadway and pop culture history, you know, yeah. I, I know Chris and Adina have reunited many times throughout the years, but on the Tonys would be super fun. I would love that. Well, I would love to see them host Kristen and Adina. Oh, great idea. You know, Kristen's done it before yeah. and, and Adina, I, I think she'd be classy. You know, she's the foil in a way to, to Kristen's quirkiness. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> I think they'd be an iconic pair to host. Although Adina's quirky too. She is quirky too. That would be so fun. Anyways, no, I loved it. The other thing that I will say about the Emmys, the whole sweep thing does irk me sometimes. But what's crazy is I love Succession and I love the bear and their sweeps did make me be like, ah, spread the love, spread the love. But I think that my biggest gripe, and if anyone follows me on Twitter, they know that I just think that the bear is not a comedy. (laughs) And I don't know whose decision it was to put it in there. I really do think having a dramedy category would solve so many problems and it would truly spread the love. Not that everyone in the world needs an Emmy, but the fact that only like, you know, four drama main acting Emmys go out. I mean, granted, there's also like the guest star ones and things, but, you know, I mean, I do think Succession is very funny too. And so it's it's hard to toe the line on those types of things. But I think all shows have a lot of elements of everything, but I definitely would never say, oh, that knee slapper of a show, The Bear. <laughs> Let me put it on and just laugh in the same way I would for an Abbott Elementary, yeah. a jury duty, you know, things that I do think are more funny. Granted, I love The Bear. I can, The minute season three comes out, I'm going to watch. Oh, 100%. Until- I love Io. I love Jamie Lee. Not that she's, <laughs> not that she's a main cast member, but I actually loved the guy who accepted for The Bear last night. Oh, yeah. It was Who it was on the show. I thought gave one of the funniest speeches of the night. He's um, Carmi's sister's man, right? Mm-hmm. I want to say his name's Polly. Who the heck knows what his name <laughs> Probably is? Probably something Italian. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, too. I was texting a couple of friends last night trying to be like, if you're recommending The Bear to someone, would you describe it as a comedy? Because no hate on the show. I, I think also there's something with eligibility about half-hour shows not being able to be considered a drama. Remember that there was that whole Orange is the New Black thing a few years ago where they were submitting it was, one. It was originally a comedy. It wasn't. Yeah. And they had to switch to drama. Even though that show was a dramedy. It, it, it's so weird. I mean, like The Bear, the Christina Applegate. Dead to Me. Dead to Me. That total dramedy. Especially the third season. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of this stuff is heavy. I would truly never be like, here's a comedy to recommend. The Bear. <laughs> you know, I just wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I would Which, recommend The Bear, but I would say, yes, it's a, I would say it's a restaurant drama about not a workplace comedy no it's a workplace <laughs> drama in my yeah. eyes like sure there are funny ways that characters talk to each other 
and sure funny things happen like in season one wasn't there an episode where they accidentally put too much alcohol in everyone's food or mushrooms they went to cook for a kid party oh my gosh yes yes they were making was it mushrooms oh it was um pills it was pills that were uh, chopped it? up and all the kids fell asleep in like the bounce house or something that's right that was mm -hmm. see, see so funny things happen but i feel like i'm justifying a show that i don't necessarily find funny no as like a comedy like in in the way you're talking about it like it's weird to think that that hilarious jeremy allen white winning a comedy emmy mm -hmm. when you have like sean hayes winning a comedy emmy or it's 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 one of those things. It's one of no, those I things. No, I completely agree. Even I do think Christina Applegate had one of the funniest presenting moments of the night with like what three or four sentences, and she I think she what was amazing. Although Quinta did deserve for Abbott Elementary, but you know that's a com a comedian, and Io is obviously a comedian. Yeah, and for I sure. think that she's certainly deserving. But it's it's tricky with the category. I call it category fraud because I think that's what it is. It kind of is. It's just the way it shakes out, I think. You know? It's like when The Martian won Best Comedy at the Golden Globes or, or Matt Damon won for Best Actor in right. a Comedy that Musical. That is not yeah. a funny no. movie. It's weird. But you know what? It's a show that deserves awards anyway, in my opinion, and recognition. So at the end of the day, I'm fine with it. I hope it switches. It was weird because the Golden Globes were recognizing the second season and the Emmys were still recognizing the first season due to the way that when it comes out. So come September, it'll be the second season, which the best moments for me were the Will Poulter episode where oh, yeah. they were, it was, the, it took place in Europe, the Jamie Lee episode, obviously, oh. and the finale. And so we're going to see some nominations. Yeah, again, definitely. For so, sure. So, and I hope they're all in the drama category, but <laughs> going, going over to the Golden Globes, which was last week, oh already feels like it was a long time ago. I know. They're back, baby. And I live for the Golden Globes, I must say. It's funny to put TV people and movie people in the same room. Obviously, there's lots of crossover, you know, your Merrills and your Steve Martins and people like that. But it is just such an entertaining show that, I mean, granted, I thought the Emmys were, were better put together last night, but I preferred watching the Golden Globes. I agree. It's so chaotic. It's mm -hmm. so chaotic. And it was also kind of nice to have that award show with TV and movies. And then we're taking a break from what becomes the three-month stretch of movie award season. And then we're in, we, we get to dip back into TV for a second last week, which was obviously just an anomaly. But I know the Golden Globes feels like forever ago. That host... Joe yeah, Coy. Joe Coy. Ooh. It was a bummer. Makes you miss Ariana DeBose hosting the BAFTAs. And I'll just say that. <laughs> oh my God, wait. I know you saw it, but the uh, Ariana DeBose moment at the Critics' Choice Awards. Crazy. They set up the category as like actors who think they're singers or something. So it was Bella Ramsey and it was Anthony Ramos. It was like the song, a song category. And, and they were saying, you know, it's a category where singers have new are nominated like Dua Lipa and, <laughs> and then actors who think they're singers. Oh. And it was Jack Black, Ariana DeBose and Ryan Gosling. And I think what they meant, and by they, I mean the writers, not Bella Ramsey, is singers being the career, like actors who sing versus singers. Like you'd say Taylor Swift is a singer. Whereas you would say Maya Rudolph is an actor who sings. Yes. What a, what a stretch, but you know. No, I I mean, I see what you're saying. And I, I mean, think Ryan Gosling is certainly an actor who sings. He sings in La La Land and he sings in Barbie, but he doesn't have solo music. Granted, the I'm Just Ken music did all just come out. So I, <laughs> I, I guess I'm say. backtracking, but. No, I know. It was just a really badly written joke. And 
Bella obviously didn't probably was given the script like at dress rehearsal and maybe even missed dress rehearsal. You know, like, I don't think they knew. I tweeted about it from drama and someone was like, this is a bad take. What, what was Anthony supposed to do? Because I think the biggest thing for me was that Anthony Ramos, who also is an actor who sings, if we're going by that, the rules of their, the way they introduced <laughs> that, you know, didn't interrupt or say anything or have anything to say about it or defense of Ariana and Jack Black, who also is, has a band. And, you know, what would have been the solution here? And I don't know, do they have a dress rehearsal where they run their bits and get to decide or change it up or bring their own? Well, actors go off script with the teleprompter all the time. Look at the Globes from just last week. Obviously, Anthony didn't deliver the line, but... He was a bystander. There's a world where he could have been like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Ariana, I love that you were open about not liking the joke. But so the Golden Globes, I think, are paving the way now for what will be the... Oscars come March. And I have to recommend again, our friends, Nick and Sophia at Oscar Wilde, who came on. Actually, it was like a year ago, like this week, came on drama. And we talked about that Oscar season. And they, of course, you know, rightfully predicted a lot of the wins and talked about like the way that awards go. And so I recommend tuning into their podcast, Oscar Wilde. Um, It is, I guess, a dose of drama. Oh, yeah. To listen to them. I feel like that's been our doses of drama before too. But I look forward to every Friday when they release a new episode because they really also, like the Emmys did, celebrate the love of movies. So speaking of doses of drama, I did see the Mean Girls movie last week at a, on Wednesdays we wear pink early screening because it was on a Wednesday (laughs) and I did wear pink and half the crowd was not in pink and I felt humiliated. No, it's, I wear pink to Barbie. You just do what you do, you know? (laughs) I know, but I kind of stressed about like, oh my God, where is my pink sweatshirt that I was gonna wear? And you know, couldn't find it anywhere, panicking. But the pink one that Hannah Mack made. I you? did. Shout out to Mack Hermanos. Yeah. But you were planning on seeing Mean Girls, so we were going to talk about it on this episode. <sighs> I know. I ended up going to the going to a grand opening of a, a revolving sushi restaurant that was supposed to see us at five and didn't see us till close to eight, and then we had to miss our eight thirty Mean Girls movie that night. But wait, what does revolving mean? Have you seen? Actually, a TikTok just went viral. Have you seen those restaurants where a conveyor belt comes through and it has like all these different plates? And so you just sit at your table and if you pull it off, each plate is like $350, and which you think is going to be really cheap. And then your table has over $100 worth of plates. But <laughs> I only had five plates, I will say. But and the scariest I've never part heard of that. was a terrifying robot that <laughs> served all the drinks and moved around the restaurant. Kind of like a, what are those things that are like those little vacuum cleaners that our friend Mary has? That a Roomba, right? A Roomba. It's sort of like a Roomba, but it's like a full-size robot, like an R2-D2. And it came around and it would like beep and it flipped around and would give you your drinks. It was funny, but I could tell the staff like hates the robot and they're like literally ready to kick it over. But so how does it keep the drink from spilling? Medical miracle. (laughs) Science is real. This restaurant. I don't know. I can't believe I've never heard of this kind of restaurant. I would love to go. It it sounds We should go because you good. You don't overeat. You only pick what you want. And every like 15 plates you get like a little prize. It's like cute, which they yeah, which, you know, you Hunter, with, of course, put it down. If you go with a big group, I feel like that's worth it. Mm-hmm. That sounds really fun. We should go when we're all back in town. I think Lacey would like that, too. But but anyway, so I, I saw Mean Girls, and I hesitate to tell you about a movie you haven't seen yet when you're going to see it, because I don't want to spoil things. It's funny. I already have uh, an opinion of the movie based on what everyone's told me. You know, it's one of, those, it's one of those things. Yeah. I had tons of fun. I think I'm going to love it. I had so much fun at it. I think I texted you afterwards. I was like, I kind of loved it. Sure, that means there are things I didn't like. But at the end of the day, you can still have fun and enjoy a movie without loving the entire thing. And that was totally me. 
I thought that Jekyll Spivey as Damien was amazing. Truly made the character his own. Like, I'm so glad. He was one of my standouts. And Busy Phillips as Regina's mom. Perfect casting. Brilliant. Oh my God. She was great. She was great. I think I told you this, and I don't want to be a hater, but I do feel like Katie was miscast in almost every way, unfortunately, which sucked. Her singing was really weak to me. They kept Katie's songs in it. So I'll just say that. Like they kept Stupid with Love and when she sings in Stars or other parts of the movie. Actually, she only- Oh, they keep the finale? She only sings half of Stars and then they give it to truly a random soloist. It's a treat for people who are watching the movie because it calls back to an earlier moment, which I don't want to spoil the surprises. Oh, fun. Okay. But I was like, why did they cast her? Like, is it because she's a redhead? Or is she even like- it was weird. I don't because Erica Henningsen, it, I mean, did she have like a reddish wig? I don't know. Blondish red. Erica was so good as Katie. It made me really appreciate her. It also made me appreciate Taylor Louderman as Regina, who I have, I've sung her praises on this podcast many times before. To her it, face, even. To her face. I truly think she should have won the Tony that year. But she made Regina so funny. She was so funny. And I don't think Renee was as funny as Taylor or Rachel. I think it's a, definitely a taste thing because I know Renee is, her sense of humor is really dry. It is dry. And her Regina is more dry, for sure. For sure. And there are things that she does that are surprisingly funny and it, like things you didn't see happen in the first two productions or the original movie and the musical. And I liked a lot of what everyone was doing. Ultimately, I would rather have just been watching the original movie, but it was a fun musical. And I think the directors had a really interesting take on how to make it a musical. And I give them huge props Who directed for it. it? It was a pair of directors. Okay. And it was their debut, film debut. Oh, I like that though. Yeah. I forget who, what their names are. It's so interesting um, they'll trust movie musicals with debut directors. Like I know the director of Color Purple was primarily only did music videos before directing oh. Color Purple, the film. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I also have to say, other than Renee being an absolutely incredible singer, I thought that the casting for Aaron Samuels was wrong. It was wrong. And before the movie, because it was a special edition screening on Wednesdays, we wear pink and see <laughs> theater. Tina Fey did like this introducing the cast to the audience set thing where they did little segments. And they kind of set up who was playing each character or whatever. Obviously, this, this wasn't a live thing. It was a pre-rolled. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And she was explaining why they cast this guy as Aaron, who I'm not going to dox. <laughs> Christopher Briney. Yeah. From the Summer I Turned Pretty series. And he's not cute to me, but Tina was, and I'm, I'm usually like, you can find something cute about most guys kind of thing. But to me, he just didn't scream Aaron Samuels. You kind of didn't get why Regina was obsessed with him. You, you got why Katie was for sure, but it, that didn't work for me. Also shout out to my former colleague, Brian A, <laughs> who played Shane Oman in the film and rocked a mullet. I love that. Uh, That's so fun. What a relief for once to not have like a huge crush on the male star of the movie. <laughs> what a relief. Because, you know, it's a crucible many of us gays carry is like that we always are like drooling over whatever eye candy they put in the movie. And, you know, I've found lately that I am not falling for the the slew of men. I, I mentioned on the our last episode with, with Blake Roman. Actually, maybe I didn't mention it, but I'm not like down bad for Jacob Elordi. I know. And not. I am not at all attracted to Jeremy Allen White. I mean, I thought his Calvin Klein photo shoot was hot, but <laughs> I don't, I, I find him to be a hobbit, especially in the Iron Claw movie. He looks like he could be in the hobbit. Uh, Dylan. Which, 
should be. I mean, I mean those as the Lord of the Rings spinoff movies that Peter Jackson did of the Hobbit the prequel trilogy, the prequel, the prequel trilogy. But um, it's it's been it's been a nice uh, <laughs> break to not constantly be thirsting over the male leads of movies and. This Aaron Samuels certainly falls into that line. He also doesn't sing at all. They gave him the uh, the Cameron, what was his name? The Cameron, Cameron Dallas track. Cameron Dallas track, yeah. I'm curious. You said that you already have an opinion about the movie and you haven't seen it. What has word of mouth made you think about it? Because I know you go with an open mind when you go, but... That it was great. Broadway lovers will love it because if they've seen the, sh- the, the Broadway musical, but at the end of the day, nothing could ever trump the original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's a fun watch. Totally fun. I can't wait to, for you to tell me about when you go. Okay. What else do we need to discuss before we wrap? Because we've um, been recording for a while. I guess there's the breaking news that Shocked is going to be a movie musical as well, which is so fun. And I'm just going to put this out there. Y'all better not be expecting the Broadway cast of Shocked to be <laughs> starring in the movie. I've already seen the tweets. And with all the love in my heart, listen to our episode with Beth Level where she talks about why the prom cast could not lead the prom movie. It's Hollywood, baby. Alex Newell might be the exception. Alex Newell might, might be the be exception. The Renee rap of this version. Oh, Renee was a replacement. But you're so right. I know. They're probably going to find... Country stars. A bunch of country singers. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Give Maren Morris the Maisie track. Oh, I would be... She did famously leave country music. As she, she did. Said. She but did. She, she would slay Maisie. Yeah. There's, there's a great opportunity here. Or Cassie I, Ballerini. I wonder what they would do. Kelsey, I wonder what they would do with storytellers. You know, it's always fun when there's a translation, but that's big. And then also they just announced the casting for Heart of Rock and Roll, which is another new musical that's coming to Broadway. Who's in it? So out of town, it was Matt Doyle and Katie Rose Clark, but it is going to have Corey Cott, who we have not seen since Bandstand on Broadway, and your girl, Mackenzie Kurtz from Wicked, the current Glenda Wicked. <laughs> My girl, LOL. Yeah. Both fun. people you recently said to me, why don't we have them? I did without even knowing. Yeah, as well as like a lot of Broadway favorites are going to be in it. Tommy Brocco, Raymond Ali. You know, if you look at the whole cast list, it's it's a lot of fun, familiar faces as well. That's always very fun to see. I'm excited. Gosh, it's crazy. I feel like we're at that moment in time before the season fully, you know, February start shows are coming back. Like Notebook is going to be starting. It's a big storm coming, mm-hmm. y'all. Now let's end with a little dose of drama before we send our lovely listeners out into the wild. And then we come back next week with more conversation style episodes. Yeah. From some fierce ladies. <laughs> Period. <laughs> y'all are not ready. I want to start because I mentioned earlier that I have a dose of drama that was Emmys related. And it is in a show that was paying tribute to television. I had the hardest time finding it to watch on my television. Granted, I don't have cable. I steal from our parents. So I don't have, you know, just the channels that I can surf. But how is anyone going to watch the Emmys if they don't download the Fubo TV app or have the Fox app or whatever, which that would be the day that I would download the Fox app on my Amazon Fire television, which I upgraded for my Roku. Thank you very much. But Oh, you did? Finally at long last. No more Roku. Big day. So it just kind of made me feel like, is this really where we're at? That, you know, these television shows... You have to download a streaming app. And I do think we're going to go back to just, eventually it's going to be cable packages again. It'll be like the Apple package, mm-hmm. the Disney, Hulu yeah. package, whatever it might be. Yeah. Something like that. For sure. That's my dose. I know. I was scrambling with you like 10 minutes before. I mean, we didn't watch together, but I was like, wait, 
you're on Fox. How are we supposed to stream this? And mm-hmm. you were like sending me articles. I was looking up articles. It was like, okay, only if you have Hulu Plus Live TV or YouTube TV Premium, all this different stuff. Which might be Crazy. worth it. Anyways. It might be. YouTube TV. I, yeah. YouTube TV. I know. Well, speaking of that, my dose of drama is that YouTube has too many damn ads. <laughs> it's crazy. Back in the day, obviously, before everything became monetized and we were being advertised to 24-7, YouTube used to be a fun place where you could watch silly little videos or music videos. Now you can't even get through five minutes of any sort of interview <laughs> or content without at least two ads popping up. It's crazy. And you have to wait for it so you can skip. It's beyond. I hate that you have to like, <laughs> okay, call me crazy, pay for content. Like, but this is truly harkening back to like days of your television, I suppose, when there were ad breaks. But I don't know. They are so annoying and I'm over it. And I'm considering paying for YouTube TV premium just to I'll get go in on it. I'll go in on it with you. I was researching it, researching it and there is a family plan split. Okay, well, we'll take a look at it. There is a family plan split, which is interesting to consider. But again, it's like another thing I want to be paying for. Like yeah. I pay for, I do pay for Hulu and I'm not always watching something on Hulu. So there's some yeah. months where I'm like, ugh, unless it's like a Love Island thing. Anyway, Dylan, we talked about so many things today and I'm exhausted and the day has barely even begun. I know, fun. But so fun. This has been great. I love these twin talks. I hope that you all are loving them as well. If you're not following us already, take take a look at the drama podcast on Twitter, Instagram, at the drama pod on TikTok. Connor's at Connor McDowell. I'm at Dylan McDowell. And I hope everyone has a wonderful week ahead. Yes. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Dylan. All right, Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.